You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. What's up, Duke fans? Welcome to the Devil's Den podcast. I'm your host, Josh Smith, joined by my co-host, Raul and Shu. Uh, got another special guest today. One, we got John Watson with us from the Devil's Den. John's feeling a little under the weather, um, so he might not comment quite as much here tonight. But we also are happy to bring back uh, recurring guest Jeff Goodman. Um, Jeff doesn't need much of an introduction here. Most people in the college basketball world are very familiar with his work. Um, but in case you're not, he's been doing a lot of stuff for Field of 68. He's an analyst over at Stadium Sports. He's former, formerly has been at ESPN. Um, kind of got his hands in all things college basketball here so we're gonna have him come on gonna do a little bit of national talk about just the league in general uh the landscape gonna talk about the second edition of the almanac coming up um highly recommend that uh she's gonna dive into some acc specific talk and then raul's gonna finish it up with us uh on some dude talk so um i guess i'll get out of the way here and we'll welcome in jeff and uh let's get let's get into it all right, Jeff. Well, first off, I want to talk a little bit about the second year, second edition of the Almanac. We were fortunate enough to be able to look at that last year. Phenomenal. Um, and I think, you know, last year was, I think she had a plug for this too. So maybe I'm stepping on him a little bit. Was kind of crowned like the the year of the big man, right? And so this year's might be going to look a little bit different. Um, some of those big guys across the league probably didn't live up to the billing of it being the year of the big man, right? There was a little bit of letdown out there. Um, maybe not no, so much numbers wise, but I think, you know, if you're looking at the Carolina and the Baycott, you're looking at Gonzaga and Timmy, uh, maybe they didn't quite get to where you thought they would get to. Uh, so maybe going Hunter into this Dickinson. year, Hunter, Hunter Dickinson, Dickinson right? Well. Yeah. Um, so, you know, maybe this year is going to be a little bit different. Maybe it's the year of the guard, the year of the wing. Um, but without giving too much of it away, because I know that's on the, on the coming up, can you just plug a little bit of the second year, second edition, what's out there? What should we be looking for? what went into the process, all that good stuff. Yeah. I mean, it, it's a bear. It's, it's honestly the last thing I feel like doing all of August is, is <laughs> talking to every, you know, I'm talking to basically I do PAC 12, uh, big 10 ACC. So I'm talking about 45 coaches, you know, for, for me probably, you know, ends up being 10 minutes of BSing and another 30 <laughs> minutes of, of getting info. And then it takes probably a good hour and a half to write each one when I probably should be at the beach or, you know, doing something more relaxing. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's good. It, it, listen, you know, I always did it for um, Athlon for years till Athlon went out and I would choose to do some of the smaller leagues because it would, it would force me to learn those leagues. Um, you know, with this one, it's, it's three man weave guys, uh, obviously Rob Doster. Um, we, we've got uh, the, the heat check guys as well. 
and and they're all like so passionate about college basketball. So that's really why I keep doing it, um, or second year of doing it, uh, and will keep doing it, even though again it crushes my August. <laughs> but it's it's you know to me, we we've seen all these these magazines and publications go by the wayside, right? Like they're you know Athlon, Street and Smith, like th- these things are gone that we grew up with, and. The other thing is these print publications, whatever's left, Blue Ribbon does a print and and also does a PDF. Um, ours is different in that we literally talk to every single head coach of every team. And we have at least 1,300 words on everybody from Duke to NC Central. Mm-hmm. You know, every team gets the same amount of coverage. Uh, we talk to them. Uh, and, and again, it's got everything in there and it's, you know, accessible last year is PDF this year. It's going to be, um, uh, you know, kind of a website type deal. Uh, so the, the, the beauty of that is it's going to be the most up-to-date info that you could get because the hard part nowadays with doing this is, is the waivers, right? These kids that are trying to get, you know, double waivers as undergrads, it's going to go down to the deadline. So if you publish something early, it's going to be outdated. Yeah. Where for us, we'll update it. The moment a kid gets denied, or or maybe clear, but probably most are going to get denied on the on the double waiver. Um, then we can update it right away. We can update anything that goes an injury, whatever it is. So that's the beauty of it. But it'll be the most comprehensive, the most accurate. You know, I'll have a hot seat uh, version in there, a, a jump seat version, which is all the coaches that, that might be able to jump. Twenty of them uh, after this year, we have everything. I mean, we really have everything in there by the people. You know, and I'm not even including me, uh, the people that really are passionate, that follow the sport, that are young. Um, so it's 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 a pretty cool deal that we've done and hopefully we'll keep going with it. Yeah, it's definitely super in-depth. That's what I really liked about it. Um, and it's there for I think it, it's a good blend. Well, I haven't seen this one, but last year's was for like the casual fan, but then also the diehard. Right. There's something kind of there for, for everyone. Um, and I'm with you. I miss those old like hitting the newsstand, hitting the bookstore every kind of like right around this time and seeing who's up there, who's coming back, who's, you know, all that good stuff. Um, just a different society, I guess now we're a little more instant gratification, a little more impulsive maybe. So who knows? Um, can you give us anything without spoiling it? So we did kind of mention last year was like the theme was the big man. Um, is that still the case for y'all this year? Is it a little just more kind of muddled across the board? I mean, I know there's a lot of guards, especially point guards this year that might be in the mix. What's your kind of biggest takeaway so far? Yeah, we didn't want to duplicate it, uh, but it is still the bigs are, are are the better players just because they can't, Zach Eady can't, you know, it's not going to be drafted. Yeah. <laughs> so he's coming back, you know, Baycott, you know, similar, going to make more money, knows it, smart, right? Like he's yeah. going to make, I don't know, shit, it could make a million dollars this year, right? So those guys are smart in a way. Um, we went with more of, of preseason first-team All-Americans for the most part, and we had a we had a big decision to make. We didn't want to put two Duke guys on there. Hmm. Um, so we had to pick one, and, and it was split. It was really split for us of who do we pick. Is it Filipowski? Is it Proctor? And, um, you know, I think we went with Proctor. Uh, because, okay. well, only because there's there's not as as many really good guards. Sure, the like competition. Could be yeah, the, he could be the best point guard in the country. Where Filipowski's got more competition, and he's also coming off 
you know, the double hip double surgery. Hip. Sure. I, yeah. I talked yeah. to him. We're actually, I know we're recording this right now um, on what are we Wednesday, Wednesday yeah. night. Yeah. You're not dropping it till Monday, but yeah. Uh, by the time we drop this, a Kyle Filipowski uh, sit down will have aired uh, on field of 68. So people can check that out. Uh, he was great. And we'll have one coming up with Proctor and Shire as well. Did, did you tell Flip that, that you had to pick Proctor over him, give him a little jab, maybe a I little motivation? <laughs> I told him that I picked Kansas over them for preseason number one, though. Okay, <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. That. Yeah, yeah. I think there are – and basically all the bigs from last year's are back for the most part too, right? So that makes sense. You got a guy like Flip that's uh, maybe healthy now, hopefully a, a year into the system. Um, but, yeah, you're right. The competition out there with those guys, you know, Hunter Dickinson, Timmy Baycott, everyone else that's around. Um, so yeah. Timmy's finally gone. Timmy's yeah. Oh, yeah, that is gone. right. Uh, year eight was was the grad school's over, got his master's and maybe Ph.D. in the future. We'll, we'll <laughs> see. Um, go for it. But uh, speaking of that, though, the game has been older and that's been talked about. A lot of that is because the covid year. Right. You have a lot of guys has this extra year of eligibility. Um do you think that stays not so much the extra year? Obviously, that's going to go away. But do you think the game is going to remain older? Is the portal going to keep that just old influx in? Or do you think we'll kind of shift back to maybe pre-COVID of still having a lot of freshmen, sophomores, um, just a younger product? Or do you think we stay at this kind of 21, 22 being the average age? So I, I think what we saw and, and we'll see for maybe another year is – especially these last two years, you had the COVID year. So you had kids that were 24 years old, right? 23, 24. And you had very, very mediocre freshman classes. Mm. So it was the combination. That combination, I think, made it clear that, hey, you know what? Transfers being older is the way to go right now. When you get rid of the COVID year, which has one more year next year, right? They got one more year for that. So I think in two years, you're going to start to see it get a little bit back towards where it was not as much obviously people are still going to go heavier on the transfers than they ever have but I, I think the gap is so big right now because again the freshman class last year was average this year I think it's even going to be more mediocre to be honest I you know you look at it and you're like who the hell is going to be the number one pick in, in mm. the draft right at least like last year now again Obviously, you have Victor, you had Scoot, you had the Thompson twins that all didn't play college basketball. But, you know, I think a lot of people thought going in, all right, this is a strong class with Nick Smith, who didn't live up to the hype and was hurt, Brandon Miller, uh, some of those other kids. You know, this year, man, I don't know who it is that's going to be the number one pick. It's, you know, who's the best player in college? Again, like Proctor, we'll see. Like, we'll see sure. if he if he lives up to the hype. But, there is a kid that you could see because of his size, because of his versatility, uh, because of him being a big point. Could he be like, I don't know if he can go that high, um, but he, he's one that, again, I think he, at a position that's been lacking in college basketball, that that's where I think he could really, really make a jump and be a guy that stands out this year. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's a good point about the classes, um, especially because these kids the last couple of years, you know, you miss sophomore to junior year or like almost you skip a year and a half of high school. That is huge in terms of development with the gyms being shut down, some schools participating and playing, some not. Um, so once we finally start to get past that, obviously 
24, 25 looks pretty, pretty daggone good right now at the top, especially with Cooper reclassifying. And that pretty much gives that class a lot of credence there. You got the boozers in 25. Um, obviously Harper, tons of other guys coming through. So maybe it'll shift a little bit. We'll see. Um, last thing I got in terms of preseason stuff, and I don't, you know, if this is, I don't want you to give everything away here. Who are you looking at early on as a national player of the year? You don't have to give us your first team or anything, but three, four guys that are in that mix for you. I mean, obviously Zach Eady, the defending sure. player of the year. So you, you got to put him up there. Uh, you know, I think Duke has two of them. I mean, I think Flip and, and Proctor are both in the mix. I, I don't know if they put them in the top three or five uh, sure. right now. You know, Hunter Dickinson at Kansas is going to put up numbers, and he's going to win now, right? And yeah. he's got maybe as, as good a big man coach as there is in Bill Self and as good of a passing point guard as there is in Dewan Harris and a veteran point guard. So I, I think Dickinson will put up really good numbers by default on a, on a great team. You know, Tyson Walker at Michigan State could be another guard that you're looking at who could be really, really good. Uh, he was great last year, and Michigan State's going to be very good. You got to look at again, really good players on to me, really good teams, and how many of those are there right now that we know? You, you know, Brandon Miller. Again, like there aren't many freshmen that are going to be able to do that anymore. You know, sure. to, to kind of carry his team, which he did in the regular season. Obviously, he, he kind of wore down a little bit in the the end of the regular season and in, in the NCAA tournament, but. Um, I, I don't know if there's a freshman like that out there. There probably will be somebody that emerges, but I, I think for the most part, you're looking at a lot of veterans, Baycott, let's see what he does, right, with a new cast around him. And, you know, I, I hate to say it because I've probably been too harsh on Caleb Love, but that could be addition by subtraction. Like, it very well could be at this point. Um, you know, I know when he went to Arizona, and I'm, I graduated from Arizona, um, I bounced them out of my preseason top 25. I had them in hmm. there. I bounced them out. Yeah, I just – listen, after watching them last year, I don't trust them. Like, yeah, to me, fair. he's got to get back to, you know, like guarding a little bit. Make, and, and I know, you know, again, he was kind of Jekyll and Hyde even in the year when they, they made their run. Um, but last year, man, he was tough to watch. I think, well, he was very fun to watch for us, right? <laughs> if you're a Duke fan, it was it was very uh, entertaining. Um, you know, and, and I agree with that. I think with, with Carolina, and not to get into that with Baycott, it won't really affect him. They got two really small guards. Maybe that doesn't matter in college. Maybe it, maybe it you know, it works itself out. Um, defensively, I'm a little curious on that. I'm wondering if this is a little bit more of an NBA kind of thing, but I wonder for Edie if there's any voter fatigue. Based on what Purdue's be. done oh, in yeah. the tournament the last three years and stuff, it's like when's the last time we've had a repeat national player of the year? You might have to go back to a hell. It might have been a Duke player, and a Jason Williams or a Shane. Back. I, I don't know who the last guy to do it was. So that could maybe be a factor well, too and, to really open Hansborough it up. Win it? Did Tyler win it too? I think he twice. won it 08, but he didn't win in 09, right? No, Someone yeah, else got 09. Yeah. He was like I mean, first team All American like three straight years. Yeah, but yeah. I yeah, think 08 year, he was just ridiculous, though. That year, yeah. they lost to Kansas or whatever in the final four. I'm with you about Edie, though. Like, like I agree with you, especially with the 7-4 guy whose game is just all about, you know, power within eight feet. You know, Hunter Dickinson, the one thing you could say is, like, he's he's really expanded his game now. He goes out there, he shot 42 41% from three last year. 
at Michigan. So that's not going to be Zach Eady. His game right. is what it is. Yes, it's not the 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 most exciting, you know, uh, brand or or style to watch. So I I could see somebody dynamic, you know, kind of winning this thing this year. I just again I. You know, I'm going tomorrow. I'm gonna I'm gonna go up and sit down with the kid Tyler Kolick at Marquette. He's from Rhode Island. <laughs> Great story. I mean, came out of high school. Nobody really wanted him. Went to George Mason. Transfers to Marquette. He could be the best point guard in the country. I mean, he was like a first, second team All American last year. It just shows like I, I don't. There's not a lot of big time star power because again, I'll go back to it. The the freshman class last year just okay. This year. Maybe even, honestly, uh, less overpowering. Mm-hmm. Yeah, seems to be like a good, like a lot of good players, especially skill wise. But not like you're saying, there's not the flash. There's not an Anthony Edwards out there that's just going to kind of take you by surprise, or anybody, or Brandon Miller who's going to come in and shoot forty percent from three at six nine and stuff like that. Yeah, um, I remember Duke fans looking at Lively's like high school stats and like this guy's the number one player average is like 14 and you know it wasn't anything outrageous. And that's right? why we didn't really panic when he did, was it because we were like, dude, I don't know what the thought of was Lively, but he's like, he's not Joel Okafor. Be better right? than that offense. Me too. Me too. But well, he's I not. Because I remember seeing him at PGM and he was out there shooting threes. He didn't right. make a ton, but he'd make like one a game and it didn't look bad. So I honestly thought like, he could average 10, 12 points a game. I, I did. I, I figured yeah. he'd he'd average 10 to 12, and, you know, six so of them would blocks. be on lobs. Yeah. He'd make a three a game, and then maybe he'd, you know, make a jumper, you know, mid-range jump or yeah. something like that. But, you know, again, they didn't – I mean, they, they did need him probably to score a little bit more than he did. They needed more offense from that spot. But, um, you know, I think him being hurt and Whitehead being hurt, in the preseason definitely kind of limited there. You know, it's the hardest thing when a freshman doesn't get that full preseason. Yeah. Um, they're way behind for the most part. Yeah. But he made our defense incredible down the stretch too, though. So and that game I mean, against Carolina, I was at. Yeah. Oh yeah. We saw you there. Well, yeah. We saw you there. Yeah. yeah. Real. That was yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, that was one of the best individual defensive performances maybe I've ever seen. Yeah. And didn't score until like 35 or six, that seven minutes into it, the game. Right? Yeah. <laughs> that was the best part of it, to be honest. It's like you, you just rarely see that a guy dominate a game that much without scoring a single point. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of Caleb Love, I can still hear the sound of when he hit the floor and tried to challenge Lovely. So me and she were like right up there, right where that was at. So, anyway, not to hate on Love too much, you know, but, uh, All right. Well, either way, we'll take a quick little break here. When we come back, we'll jump into some kind of more ACC talk, talk about the league a little bit. Um, I'll let you kind of take that one. So uh, we'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the name your price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving nonstop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. 
reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. All right. Jeff, last year we saw, you know, with the ACC, at least for me, I didn't see Clemson coming out of the gate like the way they did. They kind of stumbled down the end, but, you know, a, a good year for those guys. Um, this year, I'm glad you mentioned that you did the the ACC for the Almanac. Is there a team like that, that not the usual suspect, not a Duke, Carolina, Virginia, but or maybe even Miami right now, somebody that you see out of the pack that could could make a push for the regular season title? You know, I, I don't know who's going to challenge Duke, to be honest. I, I really don't. I mean, I look at the league again. It's it's good. It's just not great. You know, it's not what we're used to. You know, Virginia's roster is underwhelming, guys. Now, again, I'm not dumb enough to bet against Tony Bennett, especially in the regular season. I, I'd lose a lot of money. We all would if we had gone that route. Uh, but, again, you, you just look at it and, you know, um, he just doesn't have a lot back. They got Reese Beekman, who's, you know, an all-league guy and maybe a ACC player of the year candidate. But, you know, their big transfers come from St. Thomas of Minnesota and Merrimack College. And uh, that's just that that scares me a little bit. Uh, Virginia Tech should be better. Um, Carolina will be better, I think, just by, again, uh, better chemistry and Cormac Ryan. You know, I think we'll we'll help them this year. You know, he's kind of what they need a little bit. You they know, need space uh, in for Baycott, right? Like tough. They yeah, need shooter. Space. Yeah, they're gonna run more too. I mean, that's the biggest thing after talking to Baycott, uh, Hubert Davis, and and R.J. Davis. The biggest thing is they're gonna get back to running, and uh, and they should, yeah. especially with the kid Cadeau coming in. Yeah. You know, like he he's supposedly, and I haven't seen him, but. It's just an elite point guard passer, mm -hmm. you know. Like, when the kid from Stanford too, right? Wasn't he a pretty like well recruited solid. like yeah. high school prospect? So if he kind of ends up being that of what people maybe thought he that he that. was going to be, then who knows? He, but he won't be numbers that. Don't but, but he doesn't it. have to be that. He could be <laughs> there. Honestly, now think about it. You got, you know, Baycott's still one of the top five big guys in in the country. R.J. Davis could be one of the top five point guards in the country. You got to fill around them with 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 good, you know, Cormac Ryan. Like again, Caleb Love just didn't like in a way they needed him because they needed a dude that could just go get one. But in a way they didn't. They just needed some good players around him that can make shots, be consistent, play the right way, defend, be tough, be mentally tough, all of that. Um, and they 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 probably just needed a, a you know, kind of a, a change a little bit after last year as well. So I, I think Carolina will be better. You know, I think Clemson will be interesting. I do. I mean, they got Joe Girard uh, from, from Syracuse. I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was a good addition. Like, actually, and we know Brunel can coach. Yeah. Like, he's a good coach. They just they generally don't have as much talent. Miami's got, the, you know, they lost two really good players um, in, in Wong and uh, Jordan Miller. But they still got Nigel Pack and the Ken Northshot or, or Mir back. They had a Matt, Matthew Cleveland, a transfer from Florida State, who's who's pretty good. I guess the one, if you're telling me who's my dark horse, yep, yeah. to kind of move into the top that hasn't been there, I'll go with Syracuse. I'll okay. go with Syracuse. They bring Judah Mintz back. Yep, really, really talented. 
who will be a sophomore point guard. They had JJ Starling, kid from Notre Dame, fifty recruit from you know Notre Dame who transferred. Um, you know, they I just they you know they got enough back, a, a bunch of freshmen that are now sophomores that are that are good pieces. They bring in a, a transfer from Florida State, seven four kid who's just really good defensively, and they're going to play man. You know, they're not going to play that zone anymore. So I I think um, that will help that team too because. I think their their players are more tailored towards playing men in their zone, this team. So, you know, obviously first-year head coach in Red Autry, we don't know how he'll do. But if it's, you know, you're watching what Shire did last year, you're saying like, all right, you know what? Like this thing can be done. I'm not sure, again, you know, they're going to win a national title, go to Final Four. But, you know, I don't know what you guys think of, of the season last year. But I thought Shire did a hell of a job. Um, I know they didn't get as far in the tournament as you guys would have liked, sure. but, but I think overall, I mean, you're, you're great in the season and his first year with the injuries he had to the freshmen. Um, I, I think you'd have to give him a pretty damn high grade. Yeah. I mean, all things considered, you don't, he only brought back Jeremy Roach and Jalen Blakes, you know, That's right. 11 you're up five against guy. Kansas, right? Well, should have yeah. won that game at Kansas. Yeah. Purdue was kind of ugly, but there was a lot of, it went 10 straight. You don't yeah. run into Tennessee or Mark Mitchell doesn't tweak the knee against Oral Roberts and who knows what's going to happen, you know? Yep. So why not? I don't know. I won I, the ACC tournament. So I mean, hell. I think Shire, man, I, you know, it's funny when, when he first got the job, I mean, again, you know, when I, when I think of John Shire, I still can't get over thinking of 15-year-old John Shire. So for me, when he got the job, I'm just like, really? What are we doing here? We can't give the job to John Shire. Come on. <laughs> um, and now I've kind of gotten past that, although still when I sat down with him and 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 we did our interview last a uh, couple of weeks ago, it's still, you know, hard for me to believe. But but what I will say is like now watching him. I actually think he he was the perfect guy for this. I, yeah. I do all like I think he was a per- he's just so forward thinking, right? Mm-hmm. He's very forward thinking. He's very even keel, which is um, he's obviously super very smart, cerebral, knows the game, um, you know. And and again, being young, people know who he is. Obviously, they had momentum going into him taking over, which helps. Syracuse does not have that, so that'll that'll be a little bit tougher for for Red Autry, obviously, to to be able to do. Um, but yeah, I, I I was blown away by Shire. I was blown away. Um, again, not that I thought he'd fail. I just didn't think he'd be this good this quickly. And you know what? This ballsy to to do kind of his own thing and be his own guy. Like mm-hmm. that's the part I think that impresses me more than anything is like, hey, he's going out and he's hiring dudes from outside the family. He's playing the way he wants to play. The only thing I told him is like, you got to be a little bit more of an MF or with the refs. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> We've told- you yeah. know what he said to me though? <laughs> it was it was actually pretty funny. He was like, listen, I've had a relationship with these refs a long time, so I know them. So I don't need to work them, you know, like like you think I need to work them. And I'm like, I, I get it, but once in a while, I'd like to see you get fired up and really Cliff get in. gets punched in the throat. Let somebody know he just got yeah. punched in the throat. Dude. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and, yeah. And when we had John on, he kind of talked a little bit about last year. He was trying to be very intentional with such a young group to like these guys will never see me rattled. 
You will not see me like I'm going to not ride waves. I'm going to be the same steady. And I think this year with a different group, you might see a little bit more of like, I'm going to get in your face on the sideline a little bit. Like I'm going to hold you accountable to the Like it's going to be a little bit different. The handholding is not going to be there. Um, Well, there's more expectations. Sure. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Cheer two. You you mentioned it being, you know, uh, not I won't say down the ACC being down, but not what we. No, I'll say it's down. I'll say it's okay. Down. Yeah, I mean, it's not what we have been accustomed to. What do you what do you attribute to? I know you know Coach K hung it up. Roy's gone. Patino's been gone for a while. It, do you think it's coaches? Do you think it's more players? I think it, part of it's nil. Okay, to be honest, I think part of it right now. Now it's it's happened for the last few years, so it's not like it's just this year. Sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, you, you saw Beheim you know, get older and, and they're usually very good. Louisville, mm-hmm. just the way that thing went, right? Like Chris Mack had it going. He had it going the year of the COVID year. And then the off the court shit happened with, with him yeah. and Dino Gaudio and everything fell off there. Mike Bray got yeah. lazy, just did. Just got kind of lazy and, you know, he's older at, at Notre Dame. Um, Leonard Hamilton's in his 70s, right? Like done a good job. Uh, but Florida State's a, a tough job too, and they had a bunch of injuries last year that that really uh, hurt them. You know, I think with Tony Bennett, I do think he's one of those guys that the NIL is going to knock Tony Bennett out of the game earlier than a lot of other coaches. I think Tony Bennett's going to be one of those guys that retires early. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I wouldn't be surprised. I don't think he makes it to sixty. I, I don't. I'd be shocked. I just think he's one of those guys that's going to be like, I, I don't, this isn't what I signed up for. You know, I don't want to pay. Like John Shire, it's a lot easier, right? Like he's younger. He hasn't been a head coach for that long. Like he'll, he'll adjust and won't complain. You know, I think with Tony Bennett, it's like, I just, I don't want to, I don't want everybody on my team making all this money and, you know, and like, you know, basically every year trying to get more or going in the portal, you know, recruiting your own players, that type of thing. (laughs) It was like Roy, right? I mean, part of the reason Roy got out was because, you know, the, his big thing was, was that nobody ever transferred out of Carolina. And then he got to a point where it's like, all right, I'm losing three guys a year. There's no, you know, loyalty was the word then because there's no NIL, you know, a couple of years ago. Now you throw the, the portal in there. Now you throw the NIL in there where you can't compete either. Like if you're Tony Bennett, you've got to get these transfers from Merrimack and St. Thomas because you can't compete for for some of the other top transfers unless you want to pay $400,000 to to some of these kids. And I, I think that just goes against a lot of, you know, what some of these coaches got into it for. I, I think they feel like, you know, especially the, the pay for play guys the freshmen that come in and i agree with this like what the hell have the freshmen done to to warrant getting paid big money because they were ranked high well like look at the people we have ranking these kids some of them like come on what are we doing here yeah i seriously like what are we doing here yeah we're gonna pay a kid based on his ranking right yeah no that's like it's stupid totally yeah right let him earn it let him earn it it. yeah let him earn it and then you pay like Flip earned it. Sure. All right, you know oh, what? Yeah. He deserves it now. But like, I'm trying to think of somebody that would have been the opposite that that that's kind of flame out. Who? Cam Reddish. 
Yeah, Reddish is an interesting one, right? He, he obviously didn't do what anybody thought he'd do. He hasn't really in the NBA either, right? He's kind of been a tease. Mm. And, and Cam Reddish, think of the amount of money that he would have got. He warranted coming yeah, out of high school. Yeah. Jeff, I'll have a follow-up that's kind of different than that, but it, I think it builds off a shoe's question. How much of this do you think is like scheduling? We've talked a little bit on this podcast that like there's a lot of pressure for even a team like a program like Duke. And I think you've seen it from John to schedule super aggressively in the non-con because the league schedule is so big. And the way the algorithms go into the preseason, if your conference is rated bad, it is like impossible to change that narrative once you get to December. There's nothing you can do. And on the flip side, if we've decided that this conference is good, then the Big Ten or whoever can beat each other up every night and you're still getting eight teams in and then none of you are making the Elite Eight. And then it's like, well, how do you get out? It's almost kind of like a conundrum here or a catch-22. Like, Do you think that has any role into it? It's time to maybe ditch some of the cupcakes and say, hey, guys, you got to do this home-and-home with Arizona. You need to talk to Kentucky. you got to bring Gonzaga in and go back out there or meet at Madison Square Garden. Whatever. you got to really get three, four, five marquee games now, it seems like. My big thing, and I've been saying this for for a while now, is there should be big boy games on TV – Every Tuesday, Wednesday, I know Thursday has what Thursday night football. Yeah, yeah. but that's what's that on Amazon, <laughs> right? Amazon, what's that? Amazon? Yeah, I, I think, think so. Yeah, yeah. So, or Apple, maybe one of those. Yeah. yeah, whatever it is, Apple, Amazon. Anyway, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, even Friday night, right? You should have two two big boy double header every night, a seven and nine o'clock big boy college hoops game. Okay, so right this year, you look at it and John's got one right. November 10th, they play Arizona, my alma mater. Uh, I remember when he was they were in conversations in that. I was I was pretty excited, uh, you know, to for hopefully to get to both those games. Although uh, I I may not. Just I'll meet I'll you out, out in Arizona. I want to get out there for that. I'm going to do that mm-hmm. one for sure. I want to play a little golf out there while I'm out there, too. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but but like that should be every night. Yeah, every yeah. night in November, you could own again Monday night football. I get it; like you're not winning that battle. But right. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, like have have it where it's almost mandated that you know the 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 big boy programs. I'm not saying you got to do it if you're in the hot seat, right? Hubert Davis this year, no, no, you don't have to do it, right? Hmm. You don't have to do it. Like that's that's not fair to do to Hubert Davis this year. But I'm saying, like, you know, generally, most cases, Carolina, Duke, Kentucky, Kansas, UCLA, Arizona, Michigan State, those types of programs, Baylor right now, every year, you got one game in the in the first two weeks of the season, no matter what, that's going to be. And, and, you know, you play at home one year, then you go on the road the next, maybe then the third year you get it off. But you have about 15, 20 teams that you know are going to play those first couple weeks. So you can actually have games. Like these buy games suck, guys. Last year, you remember how bad the first week was? Because Champions was the second week. There were like no good games that first week. Like you got to come out swinging if you're college basketball. (laughs) Yeah, like when the uh, Champions Classic kicked it off. I like that. That's a lead. Yeah, Duke, yeah. Kentucky, your Kentucky, Michigan State, whoever, I think, Duke, yeah, Kansas. Duke, Kentucky that year. And I mean, yeah. we've got Michigan State this year. We've got Baylor this year. We've got Arizona this year. Right. Our, but that's but you also got, us, though. <laughs> but you also got, uh, what, Dartmouth? 
You yeah, got Martinell, you got LaSalle, you got Southern Indiana. That's four. Charlotte's Charlotte. five. is yep. yep. okay. Queens is six. So that's six six games that, honestly, nobody gives a shit about. That yeah. sucks. Yeah. yeah. Like, I get it. You need wins. I understand it. But, like, come on. Like, I just, I, I just, I hate it. I hate it. I think the, I, like, quad, the quad system kind of perpetuates that, doesn't it? Because quad one wins are so valuable, but playing a quad two or a quad three team in a neutral just isn't going to do it. So it's like you're either going to schedule a cupcake or you're going to schedule a marquee game. And you don't get a lot of those kind of in-between games. Right. Right. No, because the in-between games are the ones that hurt you if you lose because yeah, right. no value to you. Yeah. They're they're dangerous. Yeah. Right. So instead you're gonna play Queens, you're gonna play Charlotte, who who hasn't been good. Southern Indiana, LaSalle, but like they're all games that honestly you're not losing at home no matter what. You're not losing at home. Um, but you know, and again, you have no control over, you know, ACC uh now ACC SEC challenge, you know, the champions. Those are two that are but I, I'd like, and I told John this in the in in the sit down we did. I said, "Listen, I wish you'd play one more. Like I think you should. I think you should play one more good game. Get rid of one more cupcake and play one more good game. And and it, I don't mean like doesn't have to be an elite team, but play somebody that like, all right, like we all want to watch because those other games I mentioned, I'm not watching those yeah, unless nothing North else Western, is play off. Chris Collins." Right. Or play Marquette, no. right? Call yeah, up Sean yes. Miller, play Xavier, play yeah. some of these type right. of teams That's that right. are in this top 50, yes. top 40 range. For Absolutely. Sure. Well, there's a couple of new coaches we got as well. So between Damon Stoudemire, Georgia Tech, I mean, we've we've seen Georgia Tech be a, a you know a proud program in the past. Do you think Stoudemire or or Micah Shrewsbury at Notre Dame, do you think either one of those can or both can get the programs back to to kind of where they need to be? I mean, Notre Dame's going to stink this year. They're going to stink. I mean, he's got like eight guys on the roster. Um, they're not going to be good. I think they can be good in a few years if he does it kind of like Bray did it. But again, being older now is is harder. Like he was older for years when a lot of other people weren't older. Now everybody's old. So you don't have that advantage anymore. Damon will – listen, Damon's the best bet since Paul Hewitt left Georgia Tech to get them nationally relevant because he'll be able to recruit. Yep. Damon's awesome. Yeah. I, again, he, he went to Arizona. I went to Arizona. So yeah. I've known Damon a long time. Um, he He's one of those few former NBA guys with $100 million in the bank that works, mm. that, like, wants to grind it. He was, you know, started out as, like, a volunteer assistant at Rice, mm-hmm. was an assistant for Passner at Memphis in Arizona, was an assistant for, I mean, uh, for Passner at Memphis and Sean Miller at Arizona. And then was a head coach at Pacific, which is a bitch of a job, really hard <laughs> job. So he's he's unlike the Penny Hardaways, the Mike Woodsons, uh, the Juwan Howards that have taken over pretty good situations, good programs. You know, Georgia Tech's a tough tough deal. Keeping kids in in class in school there is not easy. Hiding them, um, but I think Damon will will. will He'll give him a chance. He'll give him a chance. Um, last thing I got for you, you mentioned ACC, SEC Challenge. This will be the first year. Uh, who do you like in that one? Top to bottom? Um, I don't know. I don't know which conference here. I is. would go SEC. Okay. I, I would just go SEC. I think it's it's a little deeper at the top right now. You know, Arkansas, 
uh, Alabama, Kentucky. Um, yeah, Missouri was even pretty good last year. I don't know if that'll continue. Um, you know, the bottom of both leagues are pretty weak, to be honest. I, I think the bottom of the ACC will get better here. I don't know. You know, I don't know if it'll be this year. Again, Notre Dame's not going to be good this year. You know, um, BC's BC's <laughs> better though. Virginia Tech will get better. Uh, Syracuse, like I said, Wake will be okay. So I actually think overall, like Pittsburgh could be tough. Like they, they got really, really young guards. That scares the out of me for Capel this year. Uh, Louisville will be interesting to see if they're any better. Mm, I mean, they'll yeah. be better. They'll be well, better. They got to win five games. You think they do that? Five. <laughs> right. It's like how how much better can What's you the win? Bar? Yeah. What's, yeah. Can you win twelve? And does that keep him? You know, the two interesting, you know, questions in, in terms of coaching are obviously Hubert. You know, what happens there? What does Hubert need to do? Does he just need to make the tournament? Like, you know, one thing. They love Hubert there as a person. Like every time, I don't know Hubert super well, but like he seems like the nicest dude ever. So I, I think that certainly if you're, you know, you make the tournament even if you lose in the first round, I think Hubert will get one more year. Um, but if you don't go this year, two years in a row at Carolina, that, I mean, I don't know. Well, I don't yeah, you know, yeah. But Darty was was listen. well. That was a different story too. Yeah. Tr- correct. Yeah. I mean, there was some off court stuff going yeah, on. It was there. A shit it was a bunch show. Of, yeah, yeah. It was a shit show there. Like Hubert is beloved still. Sure. Like, yeah. He is like again one of the nicest dudes. So is Kenny Payne at Louisville, by the way. Great dude. I just don't know if he's a great head coach. I think yeah. he's, he might be a better assistant. That's. I mean, I think, and I don't know who pointed out. I mean, Carolina and. They they've played basically four good weeks of basketball under. I've Hubert said Davis. it over and over and over. Yeah, so over and over, one great month and nine mediocre months. Yeah, so they need to do something there. Unfortunately, um, we caught them twice during that yeah, four weeks. Sure time. did. Yeah. I was there for both of them. Both of them. <laughs> yeah. uh, how, how many teams? How many teams from the ACC you think make the dance ultimately this year? All right, so we'll go Duke, Carolina, Miami. I'm going to say Virginia. I'm just going to give it to Tony Bennett just because he sure. gets in every year. He finds a way. They'll get in. Um, I'll go Virginia Tech. Five. I'll go five, maybe six. You know, I can see, like, somebody else sneaking in. Uh, Clemson maybe you know, on the bubble. Clemson, like they, awake. Always, they live there, you know. Yeah, <laughs> like a Clemson, a Wake, a Syracuse, somebody like that. So I'll I'll, I'll go six at the end of the day. I'll go six. Okay. But I think you're going to deal with one really high-powered one, and then you're going to have a bunch of other teams that that don't have great seeds going into the NCAA tournament. I think that's, that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. All right. All right. Well, I guess that wraps up our ACC, so we'll take a quick little break, and we'll come back and talk about Duke specifically. I think Raul is going to spearhead that, so we'll be back in just a second. It's the UEFA Champions League on Paramount+. Plus. Europe's top club soccer tournament. Champions versus champions. The best teams facing off in the knockout rounds. Magnificent! And it all takes place. While you're filling out financial reports at work. In the middle of your day. In the middle of your week. So use that second screen. Call in sick. Do whatever you gotta do to tune in Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Nobody watches the UEFA Champions League like us. Stream every match live exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. 
So yeah, I guess we should start talking about Duke's team this year. I mean, the obvious theme here is continuity. You know, they're returning eight players overall. That hasn't happened in a long time since 2010, in fact, or 2009, 2010. So I know you've been in a live practice recently. Could you just kind of share your thoughts on what you've seen of the team? Who's standing out? What do you think of the play style? What's the team going to look like? How's it different from last year? Well, you know, Flip wasn't. He was just kind of uh, doing his rehab while uh, while I was watching that practice. So, but but you didn't really need to see Flip like that. He he's the one, or maybe a do just because you want to see how it comes back. I mean, anytime a kid has double hip surgery, I guess you start to worry a little bit. Um, on one hand, you're thinking. All right, like he'd come back better. You know, he played through, and I, I talked to him about this. He said it never felt right last year. And I'm like, damn, he did pretty well for <laughs> playing with a, you know, screwed up couple hips. So if he's 100%, just think of how he can be. And he's he's got to be because he's got to be more of a rim protector, right? He's got to be a little more explosive, and he wants to be in terms of, um, you know, his, his mobility, moving his feet better defensively, all of that, I, I think has a chance to be better. It may take some time. So he wasn't out there. Um, Proctor looked great. Just, again, like to me, Proctor is just going to pick up where he left off and take it up another notch, like in terms of confidence. Like he just had no confidence the first half of last year. Yeah, Couldn't make a shot. You could tell it just affected everything else. Uh, and I think it just like hit him for a loop because he was so good in the preseason. And, and then all of a sudden, it, I think he thought it was going to be easy. <laughs> and it wasn't. And he was like, what's going on here? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I think it'll be much easier for him. The game slowed down. He'll make shots. It's his team. The yeah. ball's in his hands. He knows it. That was the hard part, too. Let's face it. Jeremy Roach is not a point guard. He's just not. He's not a point guard. So now you've got Proctor having the ball in his hands you know, probably 80, 90% of the time um, and feeling more comfortable in that role. So you could see that right away. The leadership, the uh, he's looser. He's just looser. Like he just, you could see it with with his body language. Um, I love McCain. Like that was the one that stood out to me personally was McCain and his ability to, to make shots from deep, to get to the basket, to finish, he he stood out probably more than anybody to me in that practice. Um, Foster was good. Sean Stewart's super athletic. You know, could certainly help him uh, that way. You know, Mark Mitchell just does what he does, man. He just does a little bit of everything. He's like the forgotten. You know, he and Roach are the, kind of the forgotten men on this team going into it. And I think Mark Mitchell is going to be so important because he's that guy that, again, you don't need to run plays for. He's not going to complain. He's just going to be a consistent effort guy. Like Shire, John will know exactly what he's getting from him, which from those freshmen, you're just not going to know. Those guys are going to have to earn their playing time. They're going to all, I mean, you know, I, I think McCain will play a lot. Um, but, you know, they're, they're not going to be handed anything because there's a good amount coming back. That's the beauty of this team is – Again, you've got good veteran leadership along with talented freshmen that aren't necessarily one-and-done freshmen either, by the way. So that's that's kind of the beauty of now the dynamic of this team and how it's it's made up is 
yeah, you, you're going to lose Flip. You're going to lose Proctor. You know that. But you, you you might bring back – you could bring back all four of these freshmen. Could. I mean, I would assume you, you'll lose one, maybe right, two. Right. But you you could legitimately bring back all four. And, uh, you know, my boy TJ Power had a little bit of a rough practice. Um, but I, I try to give him a little pep talk afterward because uh-huh. I am <laughs> the president of the TJ Power fan club. He'll be fine. I think I just have to temper my expectations for TJ this year. I, I think it's going to be more of like freshman year. He's going to have some ups, ups and downs, no doubt. Uh, but I, I think he's going to have a hell of a career. And uh, I, I just – I think he was so good at Peach Jam two years ago that I just – I figured, you know what, like I was going to go in there and it was going to be that TJ Power. And – you know, again, like that swagger he had, he's got to get that back because, mm. man, he was the best player at Peach Jam. Like, no doubt in my mind, he was the best player at Peach Jam. And, and, you know, I think I saw from him in that practice just a little bit of like, I don't know if doubt is the right word, but just like, you know, like I didn't have the greatest practice and, and hanging his head a little bit and, I, you know, again, as you guys said before we started this segment, you know, Flip had that a year ago. I'm not saying TJ Power is going to be Flip. He's not going to have that year this year because they don't need him to have that year this year right. in a way, right. right? He could average eight and three and, you know, like that. that's fine. But, you know, TJ is just such a good all-around player that he could play with anybody. Um, doesn't need the ball to be effective. We'll need to make some shots. He didn't make shots in the practice, but he can rebound. He can take it. He can move the ball, plays hard. Um, awesome kid. Like one of my favorite kids uh, I've ever been around. And I'm not saying that just because he's a local kid, but I, you know, I, I've known him for a few years now and he's just, he's a great, great kid. And, uh, you know, talking to, I had never talked to Proctor before. And man, Tyrese was great <laughs> to talk to. What a, I mean, again, Proctor flip was great. I mean, talking to Shire was a little rough. I mean, that was, that was, tough. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like love the team. Um, talked to Mark Mitchell earlier this summer. Like they're just a, they're a fun team to be around. Right. And Kay right. was there that day. Actually, he, he spoke to the team after practice. It was the first time. And uh, it was weird watching that too, to be honest. It was just <laughs> weird. You know, I, I, I hadn't just you know he's not around a lot and um you know the players were just so locked in and, and the one thing you guys probably saw the video afterwards but kind of the one thing one one of the messages he's had and had and john took it as well was basically like you know you have to earn this like just because people are giving you this ranking or whatever like like you have to earn it you, you know you, you don't just get handed you know, the, the championship or, or top five ranking, you have to, you have to really work for it and earn it. So if there was one freshman that you could see sneaking into the starting lineup, who would it be? It sounds like maybe McCain. Definitely McCain for me. Definitely McCain. You know, he, he just gives them some size, an assertive score. Um, I, I think it'll be McCain. I, I would guess. I mean, again, I don't think it'll be TJ right now. I think they can bring TJ off the bench. And the other thing is, like, TJ will be fine with coming off the bench. 
I'm not saying McCain's going to make a stink, but I, I think it's right. easier to bring TJ Power off the bench. I actually like TJ in the starting lineup because of how it gives him a little more size mm-hmm. at the forward spots when you're going to have flip at the five, especially mm-hmm. maybe flip at the five coming off these injuries. So I kind of liked having, you know, Mitchell, TJ, and, and flip up front um, instead of going small, which is really, you know, you're going to be kind of small now. I mean, sure. if you think about it, like McCain's probably six two and a half, I would guess. Right. Plays a little bit bigger. Luckily, Proctor is big, so he can you know he can go multiple perimeter positions. But yeah, to me, McCain is a guy I would say that we'll we'll start. Yeah, obviously, it's going to be a big change from last year with all the height that they had. Um, I think that would be my one concern with McCain in the starting lineup is just if you are playing Roach as well, that's three guards with a flip who's not kind of the traditional rim protector. And I just wonder how that would work out. They got to play small. Yeah. I mean, they're going to have to play small, but, but you say that in flip seven feet. Right. Exactly. Right. right. It's not that small. So and Mitchell's not weird. that small either. So, right. Yeah. It just sounds strange, right? Like flip seven feet and Proctor is, his, you know, six, five, like he's as tall as a lot of three men and maybe he's giving away an inch. Yeah. Right. Right. So, and he's really, you know, he's, I guess it's just small on the wink, right? If you're having Roach guard a two yes. and McCain guard a three, then it's yeah. like, okay, you might run into a few matchup issues there. Um, totally. But fo- I guess Foster could come in too. I like McCain as like a 30 minute off the bench guy, it's kind of, you bench, know, yeah. of just like you well, come Foster's in, you're a the Jamal big. Crawford, and yeah, yeah, he's like six four, six five, maybe. Right. So, yeah, yeah, I think, I think Foster's probably got an answer, maybe two on McCain, maybe, but McCain's just a really good shooter. Like McCain that's the sounds thing. like McCain sounds like what you want Jeremy Roach to be, like to yeah. finally graduate to. Yes, yes, I would agree. I mean, honestly, uh, you know, it won't happen. But I almost feel like Roach would be great coming off the bench. Mm, that's a hot take. I know, Greg Paulus, <laughs> and it's not going to happen. Certainly not in the first part of the season. But you know, right, just imagine you know having him come off the bench. When it when it really counts, like he was our closer I, last year. You're not you're not going to do it to him because you need you need leadership and, and experience. So you're not doing that. But uh, but you know I think some things can happen here. Like like I said, like who knows? Maybe the old TJ Power appears. You know maybe he gets that swagger back here in the next. You can get it back in the next few weeks, whatever it is, or maybe it happens during the season. But do you think with that, him it's. Sorry, I was just going to say, do you think with him it's just uh, the the increase in level of competition kind of knocked him back or something? What's your impression there? I mean, again, the PHM is the best there is at that right, level. Right, exactly. And he dominated it. So I don't know. I don't. And he played at Worcester Academy, which is like, right. you know, you're not playing a regular high school schedule. You're playing against the best prep mm, school teams yeah. in the country. So I, I don't know. I, I think, you know, I think it is a little bit of a confidence thing where maybe – you know, and again, we don't know. I mean, these are freshmen just going away from home, right? Just living away from home. Yeah. And you, you're gone all summer, right? There's no other kids on campus. Like, who knows? I mean, just so many things I always say, like, you know, lend themselves to, to kids. Some kids have an up and down uh, freshman years. You just, you don't know. But I, I again... I'm still the president of the TJ Power fan club. I'm not giving that up. 
uh, I'm sticking with my guy there, and and I think he'll be just fine. I've got one question about that. Um, you know, what position does he play at Duke? Is he a is he a stretch four? Is he a yeah. wing? I think because, he's a four. I think he's a stretch four. Yeah. Oh. So, so that means he's mar- marking against Mark Mitchell yeah. in practices, right? And if he's yep. on the wing, he's chasing around McCain or Foster or Roach. I mean, yeah. that's really not. Hmm. Yeah, that's not really conducive to. Hey, that's welcome to college. Part. Let me ease into it. Yes. Right. No, no. That that is the hard part for him. I think early. If he's not making shots, right? If you're not making shots, it's hard for you defensively right now. Because you're right. Either you're guarding a smaller dude and and staying in front of him is not easy, or you're guarding Mark Mitchell, who's not like this offensive threat, but but he's tough as you know, like and he's, he's got athletic. a year of experience. Yeah. Yeah, and if you catch him in the post, he could really get to you, right? Like, it'd be, I'd imagine TJ trying to stop, especially Mark's really kind of hit the weight room, hit the gym pretty hard, too. So, 6'9", you know, pretty, you know, been around a little bit. So, yep, it's tough. You know, we've seen it from, yeah, we've seen it from all sorts of guys coming in. That You know, there's a little bit of position, kind of awkwardness maybe for TJ there. And I think you really hit on it, though, Jeff. If you're shooting it at 40%, I don't care where you play. You're going to be on the floor somewhere. But when that goes, you're not really a a creation guy for others yet at this stage. Probably you're not going to put it on the floor a whole lot. Like we were talking offline of if I could get – October to December of 2018, Jack White. That would be a probably a pretty good role for him. Shoot the corner three, shoot the three at 40%, rebound everything, weak side block shots when you can, and just be that guy. See where it happens. Sean Stewart could also factor in there. Like if you're not hitting shots, then maybe we go for a bruiser type guy and a lot, a lot of options. Well, think about it too. The, the other big difference is, you know, when, when I'm watching TJ Power uh, play a U ball, He's the guy. He's the mm-hmm. guy. He's got the ball in his hands all the time. It's his show where now you're a piece. Yeah. So you got to find other ways. And he did impact the game in every way, you know, in at the Peach Champ. But now it's like, all right, you don't have the ball in your hands. You're not making plays for other dudes, which he was doing. So you are kind of more a role guy, a situational guy. And, again, if you're not making those shots – it's getting in your head. Yeah. You brought up a Jeremy Roach earlier um, and mentioned that you'd like to maybe see him come off the bench, but assuming he doesn't, what do you kind of see as his role on the team? Cause it's, it's a little bit of an odd fit to me to have him return. Um, you know, cause Proctor had kind of taken over point guard duties. Roach kind of became the closer and that dynamic worked, but now you're kind of changing out a lot of the pieces around them and you're adding a couple more guards. So what would kind of be the ideal role that he would play in your mind? I mean, on a great team, it would be, again, coming off the bench for, for scoring punch, right? That would be, to me, I, but, yeah, I, I, I again, unless like McCain is that good, that will not be his role this year because, again, you're not going to do that to him. You, although, again, I give John credit because last year, he sat some dudes with, you know, pretty high-profile guys coming in. Now, they were injured, but he sat them. He, he mm. did. He, he he made them wait his turn, their turns. I don't know if he'll do that with Jeremy Roach um, at any point, but he can do that with Jeremy Roach if he wants to. That's kind of the beauty of this team. Uh, I, I think McCain might be a better, more talented player, 
But again, the difference is Roach right now you need for leadership. He's a veteran. He's played three years. He can score the ball. And the beauty is if you're playing him with Proctor, all right, you got a big point guard at least. So defensively, you're okay there with having mm-hmm. those two. Yep. If it had been Roach and McCain in the backcourt, yeah, you'd be screwed. You can't you can't go with that. Um, it'd be awfully difficult, like you, you were mentioning earlier about Carolina this year. What you do with RJ Davis and, and Cado in in the backcourt, that's gonna be hard for them to defend unless RJ really gets up in people. They don't have um, a leaky black this year either. Right. Right. I mean, I they, think they're going to miss that a lot more than they realize. He covered up a lot yeah, for them, dude. He covered up a lot. For them. Yes. And he couldn't cover up enough, but I mean, he covered up. Um, but maybe, Jeff, do you see any scenario where we see just a completely different version of Roach? Because I'm thinking back on the rosters that he's played in at Duke. There hasn't been a McCain breathing down his neck, really, of like, no. hey, man, if you're not ready to go, like, I'm I'm coming, like, and I'm coming quickly. And then I got Foster here, too. Like, we got guys, you know, maybe that then spurs up to say, hey, you know, I got to get things going. I mean, John's talked about wanting to play faster. Jeremy's a guy that kind of likes to play in the half court a little bit. He likes to walk the ball up, slow things down. That's going to be a little bit interesting. Can you get that? Fans keep tossing around. I hate when fans do this, but... Now that it's happened, everyone throws in 2015 Quinn Cook. That's a special type of player yeah. that that yes. you get. Like Quinn Cook shot like 42% from three. He had been on the team. He had led the t- he had been the team's starting point guard in 2013 that went to the Elite Eight, reduced role in 2014. Like he was a guy, right? That like we've seen what he's been able to do in the league. Um, Roach is not that. And that's not a disparaging to Roach, but he's not quite that. And especially the shooter. And, or the Queen was a special. Oh, he's been a what low thirties? Hasn't yeah, he been like yeah. a low thirties three point yeah. shooter? Pretty yeah. much, right. yeah. It's not like he's lights out by any nope. means. That's what I'm saying. I I do believe if if this class was more talented, and they're talented, but again, the overall class isn't great. So you look at it and be like, all right, he's their top twenty five kids. I, I don't know what McCain was, but I think right weren't they all? I think yeah, they're, they're all, all top 25 ish. Yeah. All yeah. Top they're all in that yeah. 25 range. Like all four of them were, yeah. were yep. somewhere in that range, give or take 10 spots either way. Um, you know, if, if you were talking about bringing in pros one and duns, I would say, yes. Then I think Jeremy Roach's spot could be in jeopardy. And then legitimately he's a guy coming off the bench. I just think he's got way too much um, experience. He's way, he's just so much further ahead than these guys that I don't know if they're going to catch a senior, you right. know, as freshmen that aren't one and duns. They're good, they're good players, but they're not. Again, they're not elite players. I love Jeremy as the closer, though. I think that yeah. is where he thrives. I mean, we saw what yes. he done to Carolina. We saw what he can do of just give me the ball and a high ball screen, and I can I can get there. I can take you somewhere. We saw it against Texas Tech. We saw it against Arkansas in that Final Four run. Um, so there's value that he got. Gets yeah, to. I just think the usage should probably dip, and then when we do get in those five final five minutes, it's like we need a guy. Let's go, you know. Unless maybe Proctor's that guy now. It's hard. I don't know. They those two did seem well, to have really good chemistry. On the yeah, Proctor will be that guy. Well, he'll he'll be that guy. But the the great thing is, you know, Proctor can be that guy who not only he he can score himself, he can he can he shoot it down, he can get to the basket. He can also obviously drive and kick, you know, and, and get it to a roach for an open three. He mm-hmm. can get it to flip, whether it's down low or pick and popping. 
Like they've got enough. Those three, you know, are experienced enough and different. They're all different. That's what I like about those guys. And it's how you feel. And and I love Mitchell for, again, he's different. Like I, as much as anything, to me, it's not necessarily about, and this is where Kentucky fans killed me. So they have, they have a lot of talent. Kentucky, their freshman class, but I didn't like how they fit together. And they've killed me when I've said that. And I'm like, I honestly, I don't, I, I think it would have been better for them potentially if they did not get DJ Wagner. Like I, and they, again, they crush me when I say this, but if I were DJ Wagner, I would have went to Louisville. And, and I think it might've been better for Kentucky because now you have Dillingham and Wagner and like there's they're they're similar in some neither one's really a point guard. Um, I like the construction, and that's kind of what I'm getting at here of this two team. I think it's not just about it, the accumulation of talent that that wins titles right now. It's about how these teams fit together as much as anything else. And you know that that's they've got enough shooting. They they can play. Again, flip at the five. I actually, I like it. I like it as long as he's healthy. Do they have as much rim protection? Obviously not, but there aren't a lot of Derek Livelys out there either. (laughs) You know, so like, obviously you're going to take a hit there. Uh, But you got the the big point guard. You got enough shooters. You got drivers. You you got some uh, toughness, athleticism. I just, I like the weight. I picked Kansas preseason number one, and I'm still reserving the right to change that and move Duke there before the start of the season because I think Duke has more shooting. And that worries me about Kansas. Kansas does not have a lot of perimeter shooting. I I, I think they're going to hang their hat on defense and getting a lot of points in transition, but I worry about them going two for 20 from three in an NCAA tournament team uh, game and, and, and getting knocked out. Yeah, that's it, yeah. Second or, or – you know, sweet 16 or something like that. All right. Last thing I got for you, you know, I had to bring it up. Um, last year, you got a lot of crap on Twitter over where you ranked Shire in the recruiting rankings. So, Oh yeah, yeah. That's I, has I there didn't been know. Any I, I didn't know you were bring it up. I didn't. <laughs> well, I had to, cause we talked about it last time, but yeah. Uh, yeah. So has there been any kind of change in your mind? And if not, what if he were to pull off the coup of landing Cooper flag, would that change anything? I mean, he had to earn it, right? Like, right. I just feel like he had to earn it. And yeah, we got your position for sure. We yeah, understood. like, I just wasn't ready to anoint John Shire after, like, one or two recruiting classes as, like, a top <laughs> yeah. guy, especially when, when he did have the benefit of still having, you know, K right. over there, right? So I think the longer he gets removed from – more time he is as a head coach and the more recruiting classes and the further K is removed from coaching – you give more credence to John Shire being a top five, you know, recruiter. Maybe he moves into the top three in a year or two. Um, yeah, I mean, Cooper Flag, man, you need him there. You need him there. <laughs> I mean, that'd be the most hyped kid that John's gotten, right? I mean, obviously. Yeah. Is, yeah. It's kind of like, you know, I tell people, I'm like, you know, it reminds me. I'm not going to say it. I was going to say Shavlik Randolph back in the day. <laughs> oh, no, okay. I'm not saying it. I'm only. <laughs> Only because oh, they look similar. Yeah, so as long as you don't get monitored the first days on <laughs> campus. And it was a, it was, listen, as you guys know, that was a recruiting 
bad. Oh, that was oh, huge. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, this is a like big people forget gun. that. Yeah. That was yeah. like Shavlik Randolph was the dude. Everybody in Tobacco like those four schools were killing themselves to get Shavlik Randolph. Um, he ate now, up Amari Stoudemire in their one on one. I mean, yes. just ate him alive. Right. And then so, Cooper's just so unique. Like, like I man, I've never seen a kid. I've been doing this a long time. I've never seen a kid like Cooper. Um, you know, six eight, elite passer, elite shot blocker. Uh, you look at him and you expect him to be an elite shooter. He's not. He's really Shame not. Daddy, he's, yeah, he's an average shooter. You know, with the main team, it's and it's funny too, with the AU team, like he's just got the ball in his hands all the time. All the time. Like he does whatever he wants. And supposedly, and I haven't seen him play for the high school team, but he averaged like eight points a game last year from Montverde Academy because he doesn't play that role. Um, but, man, he, he's fun to watch. Yeah, I, listen, again, if I'm doing a, a new recruiting rankings, I would say Shire is somewhere in the five range right now for me. Um, I still think – the body of work of John Calipari has right. to be ahead of John right. Shire, right? Like Bill Self. I mean, you got yeah, yeah, you just can't argue. Bill, look at what Bill Self did. Again, you got to also add into the equation. Bill Self did it um at Kansas for an Adidas school. Now, again, I take out all the crap that went on, right? All right, we know some crap went on there, but but the fact of the matter is there aren't a lot of really good players that, that are on the Adidas circuit. There's, you know, been, you know, 10 times as many good ones on the, you know, of the top hundred kids sure, yeah. every year. It's like Nike is 80 or 90, you know, 80 of them or something like that. So for an Adidas school uh, to recruit, you know, Embiid, Wiggins, like he's gotten some really good players. So Bill Self to me, yes. Calipari to me, yes. Um, I'm trying to think who else I'd put over John. You know, today, I, you know, he can make a claim to that next spot, probably somewhere in that three, three to six range. But again, you know, a year ago, I, I, I stick to my guns. He, he, I wasn't ready to put him up there then. Fair totally enough. fair, totally fair. Yeah. We should give you the props. Like I said, I don't know if we mentioned at the top of the pod, the, the flurry scoop. I mean, everybody was pounding you for that. So, but 100% Listen, right in the end. Yeah. Self beat Shire head to head there, right? Kind of. Yeah, I, you know, it's funny. I still don't know how much Duke was like, really in. Was dying for Flory at the right. end. I mean, they mm-hmm. want the kid Patrick. Yeah. Uh, I think they wanted him more. Flory was, when I saw him, it was funny. So I saw I saw him last year, and I compared him, John, to Amari mm-hmm. because of how hard he played a year ago. Like, I felt like he played with that motor of Amari Stoudemire. Not as big, not 6'10". He's probably 6'8". But he was just a, an mf out there last summer. Then I saw him, hadn't seen him in a year, and went back to Rock Hill the day before coaches got there. It was Wednesday. And he wasn't very good. He didn't play hard. Didn't play harder than, than the other guys. So he came off the court. And I, you listen, I, I tried to be real with, with these kids because most people are kissing their ass no matter what. So I literally said to him, I'm like, where was the floor? Like, I fell in love with you last year. Because you played harder. Like, where's that flurry? Where'd he go? He's like, no, no, you're right. You're right. So then I went to PTM for Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Came back to Rock Hill Sunday and saw him. And he was flurry. Like, that was the flurry I saw. So he comes back off the court. And it's a great kid. Like, a wonderful kid. 
comes back off the court. He sees me, big smile, and he looks at me. He goes, "I'm back," <laughs> nice. and I'm like, "That's what I came to see, man." Like I came back for that. But I think there was a little bit talking to, to some of the coaches that were recruiting him. I think there was a little bit of that this summer of the up and yeah. down, not playing with that motor all the time. And if you don't, you're only six, seven and a half, six, eight, and your you, his skill didn't get much better over the last year. You know, he can't make free throws really. Didn't really show that he could step out much. Um, so I, I wonder how much Duke, you know, just kind of said like, hey, if we get him, great. But they they like the other kid too from uh, – There's, a, there's a lot of overlap with uh, Sean Stewart with Flory as well, it seems like. Yes. Yep, there is. There is. I mean, Flory's, Flory's more of a, a – he's got to play a five. I think Sean can play a four. Um, in time, you know, I think he will play a four, but I think he can play, he can be more of a four than a five. Um, but you're kind of limited what you can do with, with Florida. But man, if he plays hard, I'll take him. I'll take him because again, he's oh, yeah, absolutely, killer. he's a killer when he plays hard. Yeah. Sean Stewart's going to be interesting given the roster projections and the recruiting projections for next year. And then obviously the year after that, right. um, some of the kids they're bringing in, it's like, I don't see a path to him playing the four for a while. I may be wrong, but. No, I think you're right. Depending, like you're talking about who's coming in, you're absolutely right. Um, but, you know, again, maybe you can play him as small ball five. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I have like really, um, uh, I don't even know what the, like, my my fandom is like salivating over the idea of like a Sean Stewart Cooper flag front court and just going nuts with it on the wings <laughs> and just really spreading everything out. And I don't care which one is the five. <laughs> you think you have else. a I think you're the only one salivating just over that over combo. And yeah. it um, I'm, I would play Cooper at the five right now. That's <laughs> just where I'm at with it. And like, who, I would play him wherever the hell he wants to play. Yeah, yeah. That's, who, that's what I would do with Cooper. Who's stopping it? Ball in your hands, done. You yeah. want to you want to play the five defensively and block a lot of shots. I mean, the way he blocks shots too, like he'll close oh, out that's it. Yeah. threes. Yeah. Like it's yeah. freaking, it's fascinating yeah. to watch him. Like I said, just because he's so unique, you oh. know. I, I don't I don't know him or the family well, so I don't know. I, I'm like I almost assume he's going to Duke. I don't know why I assume that, but I do. Oh. Um, kind of looks like a Duke guy, right? Just <laughs> looks like Christian. I, I guess little that's brother. him. I, I don't know. His little brother, dude. It would be heartbroken if it's too. not, but yeah. Um, if I was every other school, I would do that. Like, like if I'm, if Duke's not doing that, if Duke's not offering ace flag with, with Cooper and um, UConn, for instance, I would, I would offer Cooper ace and I would offer the mama job. <laughs> no, no. You have five assists. You can play on the spots. team. I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not kidding. Yeah. You have yeah, five assists yeah, spots now. Jersey. Okay, yeah. Kelly Flag. We're gonna give you the fifth spot. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Shargi. No, no, <laughs> yeah. I mean, didn't there you go. You're right, Shargi. You're off. You're off your spot for a year. We're gonna create a different position for you. Yeah. Oh, that's it, funny. Isn't that what UNC did with Hansbro's mom? Pretty I much. Don't think they, I think. <laughs> Did she live there? I don't know if she lived there. I think she had. She worked for UNC when all the uh, NCAA oh, stuff work came out. A regular job, like a regular job, not in the, not on the team. No, uh, just at the university. I guess right, right. Right. Yeah, something yeah, happened. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, I did way, have one. What do you, What do you guys give me? Give me your guys because I've become very close with with Tyler uh, lately. He he 
we brought him into the after dark program that we do. And it's funny because Tyler, when he was a player, like he wasn't disrespectful to the media, but he didn't, he had no interest, quiet, super quiet and shy. And uh, I've kind of watched him grow up over the years and I never, ever thought he'd be a media guy. And he's done a really good job for us. Um, you know, we brought him in like in December last year. So he didn't have a chance to really uh, read up, but he worked at it and got much better at it. And uh, so I saw him when I was down there a few weeks ago for for a while. And uh, he just, so he, he's taking up pickleball now. Like he's trying to be like, <laughs> not a pro pick, maybe pro. I mean, if it could be that good, but like really, like he's out of his mind now. We're like in his apartment. I think he he practices pickleball against like he's got some <laughs> setup there for like a half an hour a day. He's trying to get really good at it. <laughs> what, what what was your like? How do you guys as Duke guys view Tyler Hansborough now? He had the best pivot feet of anyone I've ever seen. <laughs> um, I definitely like him more as a media personality than I did as a player. I'll just put it leave it at that. But you know. As a player, it was frustrating, but part of that was that he kept beating Duke. But mm-hmm. the other part, you know, was just the the play style, that kind of aggressive, yep. almost maniacal play style that uh, Jay Billis wouldn't stop talking about. Uh, for mm-hmm. me, just as a basketball fan, like he's the guy that you want on your team. You just like you know, you you hated him playing against him, but you that's the guy that you want playing with you. It's like a Matt Barnes almost. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, that, that same. You know, I had a lot of respect for him. It was honestly like during his time there, um, I didn't really hate Hansburg. Like he wasn't the like ire of my hate, right? I was terrified of Ty Lawson and what he could do in the open four. Yeah. Like that was scary. Um, but and Danny this guy brought it on his head, but Danny reason. Green was target number one, right? <laughs> he was the guy that I just was like, hate you, right? right? Like, hate this dude. He's like nutsack and Paul yeah. is on the dock and just, <laughs> you know, and it's like, dude, but get that, back down to where you belong over there. But, it was also frustrating with how Duke was recruiting back then. Oh, I yeah, mean, question. yeah, yep. the guys that were recruiting Krzyzewski's, you know, the, the, the my favorite story was a tournament of champions where Krzyzewski tell somebody beside him that he sees uh, Bobby Hurley when he's watching Greg Paulus. And everyone was like, maybe he's Steve Blake. But, you know. Greg was it, good then, though. Greg was good. I, You know, I don't know. Again, I, I'm not sure I ever saw what, what he saw in Greg. But Greg was a hell of a, of a – he was just – you know what the thing was? He was so cerebral at a young age. Yeah. So he was so much further ahead of guys. And then I'm not going to say they caught him, but but that intelligence didn't make up for for maybe some of the other things that that he didn't have. Yeah, the lack of a, no. athleticism just really held him back, in my opinion. Yep. Well, Very and then right. at you know his what junior year, Duke basically had to have him as a first option on offense. It's like yeah, that is fair. not the role. Right. Right. That wasn't fair to. Uh, Right. And and back then the the ACC guards that were I mean that's Ty yeah, Lawson, Ty Rice, guarding those Jack dudes. McClintock, right. like dude, yeah, yeah, nobody guards those guys. No, yeah. it was the wrong matchup. That's, yeah. that's fair. Um, well, Jeff, I guess we know we've already kept you here an hour and a half. So again, we really appreciate the time, wow. Mike. I, like I tell most people, it's your second time on. So like it or not, you're considered friend of the pod now. 
Um, so again, thanks for for coming in, talking hoops with us, especially some of the global landscape that we're not really keyed in on as much. Um, before we get out of here, we talked about the Almanac, but plug anything else you got going on, where the people can find you, what you're looking forward to about the season. Give us your rundown. So you guys are putting this out. I'll, I'll have an announcement on on uh, career a uh, little bit uh, planned soon. Um, one thing I'm, I'm going to be doing is getting back into kind of how I started, uh, which is writing. Um, mm. So I'll, I'll be doing some writing as well as still Field of 68 stuff and some some TV. But I haven't really done much writing over the last few years. You know, when I went to, funny, I went, you know, Fox, CBS, and then went to ESPN and didn't know I was going to be re- writing behind a p- uh, paywall at ESPN when they hired me. Uh, so that was a lot of fun. And then when I went to stadium, you know, it wasn't for writing. I, I still wrote some, but not a ton. Um, so I'll be doing more writing, which which will be fun. Because uh, that's, that's what I always was and still consider myself. I always say, like, growing up here in Boston, if, if I could have it any way, I would have, like, my final job. And this is not what I'm doing right now. But my final job would be, like, to write for the Boston Globe. Because... Oh, yeah the Boston globe was like the gold standard growing up. Like people, kids don't realize that now, but like you had like Bob Ryan and Peter Gammons and Will McDonough. Like you had everybody that was plugged in. Like it was the, the place like nationally even to, to read. So I'll, I'll be, I'll be writing more, still be doing the stuff on field of 68, uh, still doing the almanac, uh, still doing a uh, show with Doug Gottlieb on stadium so i'll be doing a good amount this year you'll be sick of me you'll be sick of seeing me (laughs) reading me very nice very nice well again man thanks for coming on thanks for joining us um you know we'll plug everything on twitter we'll put all the links up to everything um y'all make sure to check out the almanac when it comes out duke fans like i said we had we got one last year it's almost like comprehensive to a fault right like you're not going to be losing content in there and so we mentioned the Hofstra's and the Charlotte's of the world. If you want to get a head up, heads up on who those teams are that Duke is playing, this is it. So check that if, out. If you haven't um, checked out Je- Jeff's uh, interview with Flip, make sure. Oh, yeah. By the time, the time this comes out, yeah, that'll yeah. be out there as well. So, yeah, two-hit Flip. On flip, then <laughs> I think Shire, then Proctor. Okay. And, uh, yeah, I ripped on Shire a little bit. Not too okay. much. Not <laughs> too much. Yeah, well, you know. Supposedly, he he's a good pickleball player also. Well, according to him. He says I think John thinks he's great at everything, though, doesn't he? I don't know. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get <laughs> at some point. I'm gonna get out there against Shire and pickleball, and we'll, we'll, we'll see how good he is. Very nice, very nice. All right, man. Well, again, thanks for the time. Thanks for coming on. Um, we appreciate it, and uh, take care, bud. Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it. Always good. Well, again, we want to thank Jeff for coming on. Um, I hope you guys really enjoyed that. He was very generous with his time. We tried to touch on, you know, college basketball in general. Um, and some Duke specific stuff. I think, you know, just pretty high on the team. It talked about Kansas being up there, the number one, maybe, but Duke's right there behind them, if not right there with them. Um, so a lot of optimism coming in from the national side kind of validates a little bit of what Duke fans are feeling um, or hoping to see this year. So, uh, you know, check that out again when this drops the interview with Kyle Filipowski that Jeff had done will already have ran. So make sure you will be on the lookout for that too. Uh, go back and check that out. Um, but yeah, in the meantime, rate, review, subscribe. You can find us wherever you listen. 
you can find us on Twitter at Devil's Den Pod 247. You can email us at the Devil's Den Pod at gmail.com. You can find us on the board at the Devil's Den.com. Um, lots of new things coming up, recruiting still kind of going on. So most of us are, are pretty <clears throat> geared up and looking forward to the start of the season, which is right around the corner. So we'll have some more preview stuff coming up on that end as we get a little bit closer. Um, but keep the faces strong and the verve high. Go Duke. Mm-hmm.